Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Amos chapter 9 verse 13, I have a lot of things in my spirit, so I have to control my platform where I'm on, respect that. So verse 13, the Bible says, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to be happening so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another, and you won't be able to keep up. Now, why am I saying this? Because it's going to happen pretty soon. It's already happening in the heavenlies and in the spirit realm, and things are heading your way. Not disaster, but God's blessing, because I believe the Bible, okay? And this is not emotion, this is believing what God says. I mean, if you, uh, you that are sitting here this morning or watching me on Facebook and think, why are people shouting? Because we won the lotto 2,000 years ago. Come on, we won what heaven gave us 2,000 years ago. We don't have to go pull the one-armed bandit. We don't have to buy a ticket. We already have our ticket written in the blood of Jesus Christ. We already have a new covenant seal signed and delivered. Oh, come on by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we can be happy and we can shout as if we are lotto winners. Uh, People say, well, I don't shout in church. Well, you better start shouting in church, okay? Um, Because you're shouting at your husband, so you might as well shout praises to God. In Jesus. Somebody says, I'm not one of those emotional types. Come here. Let me put your finger in the electric socket and see how emotional you are. Or drop a 10-pound hammer on your nail and see how emotional you are. Or if that woman messes up your manicure. <laughs> or you go for a hairdo and you say, that's the color I want. And you come out green. I'm going to have a pleasant day, okay? So you see, it says you won't be able to keep up. So you need to pray and you need to write what God says. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessing. I want to talk about God's divine suddenly. And if you never go to church, then watch online tonight. Because I'm busy preparing your spirit for what God is about to do. And God can never operate outside of your level of faith. No car has uh, forward momentum in neutral. So you cannot sit there as a cynic or as a critic. You have to make up your mind what you believe concerning your future and begin to change your conversation. So two scriptures this morning. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says, Behold, I send my messenger, prophet is prophesying about Jesus, and he will prepare the way before me, O John the Baptist. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Come where? To His temple. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered together in one place, in one accord. What were they doing? They were praying. They were seeking God. We spoke about that last week. No sudden, dramatic acceleration, supernatural, without praying and declaring the promises of God in our lives. That's why God shows us what is about to be and then we have to declare it and we have to pray it until we see it. And the Bible says, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. 
There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each one of them. Now, why am I reading this scripture? Because God has a divine suddenly for every one of you. Sitting in this place, watching television, there in Cape Town, God has a divine suddenly for you. Whatever it is, I don't know. But it's going to be good. And it's going to be abrupt. And it's going to shift things in your life. And it's going to break the power of Satan. And it's going to get your husband saved. It's going to do something great by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why we say supernatural acceleration. It will not be my, my man's might, man's effort. It's going to be by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Things are going to change suddenly in your life as it did for these people on the day of Pentecost. Remember, remember, they were in a place of natural defeat. Their Lord and Saviour had just been taken away from them, crucified, died. Then He walks with them for 40 days and then He goes to the heavens and He leaves them. And He says, wait in Jerusalem. Something good is about to happen. 500 seem ascend into the heavens. 120 go to Jerusalem. The other 380 were just too busy for God to do something in their lives. That's why I say to you, my brother and sister, you better get hungry for God. I don't care how sophisticated you are. There comes a day, doll, that you have to take off your stilettos and you have to praise God like you mean it. There comes a day that you have to put your Gucci bag aside and you have to praise God. And, oh, come on, is there a girl yet today that choose to say, I'm going to be undignified and I'm going to praise God loud and unashamed because God is on His way working. Well, we are sitting in this place. So 120 hiding. I mean, they're not having a revival meeting like we had in Cape Town. They're hiding in an upper room somewhere. And suddenly, I love God. He's dramatic. People think God is this uh, sugar-coated, uh, uh, controllable individual. Anything but. I love how dramatic God is. When He talks in the Old Testament, the whole mountain shakes. It's not like, Hello, I don't want to upset you, unsettle you. He just shakes the whole mountain. Boom! On the day of Pentecost, they're praying. Heere, help me toch asjeblieft, toch vader. Heere, vergeef my sondes. My naam is wel, Heere, ek is so jammer. Ek verdien het niks. Ek is een verrumpie. Ek is niks. Ek is niks. Ek verdien niks. En Heere, sê nie, Ek gaan jou skit, ek gaan jou ruk, ek gaan vir jou omkeer, ek gaan jou vul met my heilige geest. I'm gonna shake you up, I'm gonna change you inside out. I'm gonna do what nobody says I can do. Come on, I'm gonna start my church in a place called Jerusalem in an upper room. When people thought it was all over, God said, that is my beginning. When people thought that Christ is dead, God said, that is my master stroke and I'm gonna do something. There's gonna be a divine suddenly and it's not just gonna shake your world, but it's going to shake the whole world, South Africa. Get ready for God's divine suddenness in parliament, in schools, in universities, in hospitals, in churches. God is on the move and when God decides to move, there ain't no power in heaven or on earth or from hell that can stop this move of God. 120 timid, fearful, afraid, COVID, lockdown believers. 
And God says, I've got something better for you. That's not the final. What COVID did in your life is not final. Where you are is not final. Your fearful mindset is not final. Your misery is not final. Your pain is not final. Your setback is not final. Your dismay is not final. Your hurt is not final. What you are feeling today is not my final verdict for your life. I am going to change things by the power of my Holy Ghost. I'm going to change the flow of things. I'm going to open doors that were closed. I'm going to close doors that were open. I'm going to cause dead things to come back to life. I'm going to cause barren things to produce fruit. Oh, come on, somebody shout amen. Because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to your business. I'm talking to your emotions. I'm talking to your husband. God has not abandoned you. God has not forsaken you. God has not given up on you. Judge, you better get ready because... When the hour is at its darkest, that is when God is about to move in power and might by His Holy Ghost. So 120 believers in the upper room and they were praying. And that's what we all should be doing, right? Because prayer is heaven's invitation. Prayer releases the power from heaven in our world. Prayer invites God to intervene. People are suffering, but they're not praying. We need a government that will pray. We need a Solomon that will pray. Not offer sacrifices to gods. We need this country to return to the God of the ancestors, which by the way, is the God of heaven, whose son's name is Jesus Christ. Go read your history. It's not the powers of witchcraft that put these people in a broad change to this country. It is the church that was a praying church. It was the leaders of every movement that were praying leaders. And then suddenly God brought change to South Africa. Come on. Where there should have been bloodshed, there was not bloodshed. Where there should have been a revolution, there was a revival. Come on. Where there should have been retribution, there was forgiveness. Oh, come on, somebody. Give the Lord praise because of what He has done for us as a people. That means God has great things in store for us as a country. So uh, 120 people are praying, seeking God, because that's the scripture we read in Malachi chapter 3. The Lord whom you seek will come suddenly. I don't know what you are seeking, but whatever you are seeking will come suddenly. Good or bad? Positive or negative? You seek it, you will find it. So we're not seeking the blessing, we seek Him. Because when we find Him, we find an open hand. We don't find a hand filled with a stick. We find a hand of love and comfort and restoration and healing and blessing and comfort. That's why it says the Lord whom you seek will come suddenly when you least expect it. And He will do what He promised. But you have to cry out to God night and day. You have to position yourself before that throne of grace as these people did. And in a moment, think about it, how everything changed from being fearful, timid, afraid, scared. Suddenly, the whole atmosphere changes. Hallelujah. Suddenly, 
there is a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly there appears tongues of fire and one sat upon all of them. Suddenly they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, my brother, when God touches you, He's gonna, not going to leave you the way that He found you. You will be a murderer, a persecutor. You can be bound by any addiction. But when God gets a hold of you, He will break the power of the devil off of your life and He will give you power to be a preacher, as Saul who became Paul on the road to Damascus, breathing threats against the church of Jesus Christ. Suddenly, God moved from the heavens and everything changed. I always think about the other 380 that are not in church. <laughs> think about it. I mean, yeah, Jesus is risen from the dead. He walks. The Bible says He proves with many infallible proofs that He is risen. He says, Thomas, put your hand in, in, in the holes in my hand. Put your finger and in my, in, my, in my waist. He proves He's the Christ. He walks through the wall. He's not bound by matter any longer. He's in a glorified body. They see Him. He goes between heaven and earth, heaven and earth all the time. Back to God, back on earth. Back to God, back on earth. 40 days. Then He has a final meeting with Him. He says, hey, COVID is over. Get back to church. And 120 show up. And the other 380 did what? I'm not criticizing you for watching online because we have reached so many people and I just have to say thank you for greeting. When I fly always there's so many of you that come and greet me that watch One Gospel TV and etc. It's an honor to meet you. Um, I know many of you watch this before you go to your church, but please get part of a church. Become part of a church. Get planted in a local church because God's never going to move outside of His church. I may feed you a little bit online, but you need to be part of believers. You need to be part of a local church. You need to be planted in a house. You have to get your children dressed on a Sunday morning, kick your husband out of the bed and get yourself into the house of God because that, my sister, my brother, is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. We want God to move, then we have to get hungry for Him. He says, the Lord whom you seek will come suddenly. Well, there's a condition there, isn't there? That when you run after God, you will find Him. Well, when it comes to salvation, it's opposite. Because you are lost. You don't have to run after God. He runs after you. But the day you get saved, born again, now it becomes a twofold relationship. And God says, okay, I saved you. I washed you. I cleansed you. Now you draw near to me. You seek me, not on your terms, on my terms. And when you seek me, you will find me. So I want to say to everybody, um, 2023, make church attendance number one top priority in your life. You get your, your blessed assurance. You get yourself back in a local church. You get planted in a church somewhere. No matter how you feel, you get to church on a Sunday. You worship God on a Sunday because that's the right thing to do. Because that's where God is going to meet you and God is going to change your life. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. We are not on Lucas. We are the church. We are members of His body like this. This is my body. My whole body showed up today, not just my head, my hands, my shoulder, my voice. Been coughing for two weeks. Some of you would not even say three words. 
So like rugby plays, I'm injured, but I preach. Because there's never an excuse just to act weak and lame and lazy and disinterested. Please hear me. I'm trying to help you. Because we want a suddenly, but God says, the Lord whom you seek will come suddenly. 120 gathered and they sought the Lord with everything in them. Hello, people say, if I see him, oh, I'm going to go to that meeting. They do miracles there. I've seen miracles. I've prayed for people. I prayed for a guy that was shot. He sat in a wheelchair for almost 34 years, prayed for him. God healed him. He came to church for two weeks, policeman. Then he backslid, used his legs to go sin. So I've seen God do how many miracles in people's lives and it never changed one ounce of anything in them because they never fell in love with Jesus Christ. They just wanted something from God. They didn't want to love God with everything they had. I can tell you story upon story. Business people that were bankrupt, that God saved them, that are now today financially extremely blessed, that are too busy to worship God. That ain't right, my brother. God wants to take you from glory to glory. You want to serve God. And the higher God takes you, the more you want to bless God. Come on. I don't care how big your house is, how fancy your car is. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant. Come on. So those other 380 people, where were they? And what did they lose out on? Everything. They saw Jesus go into the heavens in a cloud of glory, not in a spaceship like Erich von Daniken wrote. I read all that nonsense, believed all those things. I come from a spiritualist background. All the nonsense, I know it. I did a lot of crazy things in my life. That's why I know that witchcraft is a, is a counterfeit. Going to the Sangoma is a counterfeit. Uh, playing with white magic, black magic is a counterfeit to what God has for you. You have to get both your feet in the kingdom. You have to become a lover of God. You have to become, oh, come on, a pursuer of Jesus Christ. You have to become full on for God in Jesus' name and not this half-hearted Christianity on your terms. What's the nonsense is that? Mag elke golfstok breek in jou sak op een zondag. It's like the, the, the preacher that the one Sunday he didn't go to church, he played golf and he got a hole in one and then who could he tell? I said to somebody the other day, they did something on a Sunday in the ministry, I said, you can't post that. You can't post that. Imagine I'm sitting in Mauritius this morning and I'm posting. How's that? How's it? Having a cool time while you're sitting here serving the Lord. <laughs> and look at me in that tone of voice because you know what I'm saying is right. You don't play Jesus. You serve Jesus. You don't do this half-hearted. If Jesus ain't it, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. If Jesus is not it, don't waste your time. If Jesus is not it, don't waste your time. If Jesus is not it, don't waste your time. If Jesus is not it, don't waste your time. Are you listening? If Jesus is not it, don't waste your time. Because you're going to get disappointed. 
because you're going to believe God for breakthrough, but there will not be no breakthrough because Jesus knows exactly where He fits into your life. He knows more than anybody else. So you may think it's not important to be here, but to Him it means everything. You may think your tithe is not important to Him, it's everything. Because it shows where your heart is at to Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You have to draw closer to God. And I'll tell you something. I thank God I raised my children in the ways of God. They had no option. Throughout their teenage years, when I lived in two cities, Bloomington and Pretoria for 11 years, one week here, one week there, I'd always phone especially my boy and say, what did I preach on this morning, David? I know I'm going tonight. I said, with the Leiston of my boy then he's already 23, 24 years old. Ek sê, kyk op pel, luister. Nou praat ek bykie anders. Nou is ek nie pastoor nie. Nou is ek jou pa. Ek sê vir hom, moet nie laat ek jou nie handen kry nie. Ek gaan ek jou nie handen kry. Ek slaan hy, die lamsake, gij die lou uit, slaan ek uit jou uit. Luister vir my mooi. En hy is nou groter as ek, want ek kan nie nou gym nie. Maar wacht maar. <laughs> Do you want to raise your kids with these gentle, gentle hands? But the girl that puts her hands on him are not that gentle. Taught my kids, you live in my house, you'll go to church. You don't want to live in, go to church, go live somewhere else. You want to sin, go sin somewhere else. You're not sinning under my roof. Is jylle, is jy hieso, is jy nou ongemakkelijk? Is dan nou soos een para in jou keel? Is jy nou soos, um, <coughs> Hey, so I tell you the power of God is so tangible sometimes and you, you're looking for somebody. I really authentically have had prophecies for people then they're not in the meeting. I'm telling you. Because God comes suddenly when He wants to. I've slept how many times? Two o'clock. I don't know why two o'clock in the morning, Lord. Two o'clock. When God talks to me, it's two o'clock in the morning. Then I've learned that rolling around doesn't work because that's the end. Because <laughs> it's not just about you seeking God. When you seek God, then God's going to begin to seek you. When, when you draw closer to God, God's going to begin to visit you. Suddenly there's going to be a word of wisdom. Suddenly there's going to be inspiration. Three o'clock in the morning, you're going to wake up and something you've been worrying about, something you didn't understand, the plan that you've been unsure about, suddenly it's just going to be like a master plan and you will think by to yourself, why didn't I see that? Because the time wasn't right. And sometimes God will keep things hidden until the time is right. And sometimes things aren't quite as obvious as obvious as they should be. As common sense has become a very uncommon thing. So there's certain things we have to do just to position ourselves to receive divine supernatural acceleration, which will be suddenly from God as we diligently seek Him. I want to say that because we will not find God's promise outside of the person and the presence and the power of God. 
So there's not a promise and then it's, okay, God, I heard that. And yeah, you go. Hawaii, hallelujah. No. You get a promise from God. It's hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Father. That's when you storm the throne of grace with more fervor and more fire. That's when you praise God more. That's when you give greater offerings. That's when you sow in famine. Because you are ready for rain. You are ready for breakthrough. You are ready for blessing. You are looking everywhere, not for the negative, but for something that's going to happen, not by might or power, but by the Holy Ghost. Come on. This is the Word of God. He says, a little one shall become a thousand, a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Isaiah 60 verse 22, Psalm 30 verse 5, the Bible says, weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. That means God says, there's a new season for South Africa. There's a new season for your marriage. There's a new season for your emotions. There's a new season for your life. This is not false hope. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have a future and you have a hope. Shout amen, somebody. So revival will be suddenly, your breakthrough will come suddenly. So the Webster's Dictionary defines suddenly, and I love this, because people want this gentle, and there's a time for it, right? God's gentle love. But I'll tell you, when God deals with the enemy, there's no gentle. When God shifts direction, there's no gentle. When God shakes the heavens and the earth, there's no gentle. The Bible says our God is a man of war. Yes, He's a lion, but He's a lamb as well. He doesn't beg no one to follow Him. Don't reduce Him to the man upstairs. Don't let me hear you say that. Man upstairs. You're a piece of clay that He made and filled with His glory. Give Him honour. I don't care how well adorned you are. So the Webster's Dictionary defines as something happening unexpectedly. Our expectation and anticipation is His invitation. It's defined of changing the angle of something all at once. I love that. You're going this way, God's going to take you that way. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. You, you, you're planning this, you're plotting, and you should be a plotter and a hard worker. And suddenly God's going to say, two degrees left. A, a costinate on the other side. I've toiled all night, God. And God says, that's good. You should be a hard worker. Because God created Adam to work. Six days you'll work. Not as legislation wants to propose now four days. Who can even have a sound mind working four days a week? God created you to work six days a week. That's why some of you are half... Um, uh, because God never created life to be easy. God created you for dominion. And if you don't have a vision, you will perish. And a vision requires effort, activity. The Bible says a dream comes to pass through much activity. So uh, uh, they've now found that people in London, uh, four days a week, they're more productive because they all got lazy during COVID, okay? Bible says six days thou shalt work. Not six days thou shalt play. And on the seventh day thou shalt rest. And that seventh day is the Sabbath that you will dedicate to serve God, not lie under a palm tree.
Have you ever spoken to people that always say how tired they are and you think, what are you doing? And then you talk to people that work. I mean, they sleep a little, I sleep a little. And they're never tired. They're always energized. But you talk to somebody else that, I'm tired. You say, what are you tired about? Oh, I'm tired. I say, okay, about, what make you No, no, no. Get a vision. Get unction in your gumption. Come on, get some, get some determination. Get some, get some um, um, uh, 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 forward mind. What word can I create from there? Forward-mindedness. Amen. There's a word like that, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know, I'm creating God's image. And as God said things, those things were. So I can say things and they are. Amen. Forward-mindedness. Not mindedless. Listen, so this change, and I like this because I understand this because that's how God works with me. It's marked by abruptness. Met ander woorde perk, jy moet gereed wees. Jy kan nie hier so sit in gentle Jesus nie. Because when God moves, it's going to be abrupt. Boom! It's going to shake things up and it's going to move you quickly. That's why you... You have to, you, yeah, some of you that are waiting God for a, for a job, you need to put the shoes right next to the bed. You have to get your best shirt ironed and ready and your best suit ironed and ready or whatever, pressed. And because you're going to get a phone call and you better get, you better hurry up. You better get ready because things are going to happen quickly. Things are going to happen by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on and know it's going to become a yes. Think about it today. One suddenly can change your whole life. One telephone call can change your whole life. One client where there's no corruption can change your whole life. Come on, you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ because God says, I am going to accelerate things supernaturally by the power of my Holy Ghost. And it's going to happen suddenly. Suddenly means when you are not expecting it. But that means you have to be ready for it. Because when God moves, you better be ready. When you hear the sound of the Lord in the mulberry, mulberry trees, advance quickly. Don't go have a discussion. Move! Think is people talk themselves out of God's suddenlies. Go think themselves out of God's suddenlies. When you hear the sound, God says, you shall move, 2 Chronicles 5 or Samuel 5, swiftly, quickly, move. Now. Not next year. Not next week. Not it's not convenient. When God says that you better be ready and the only way to be ready is you have to live prayed up, prayed up, prayed up. You have to live in tune with the Holy Ghost. So when the Holy Ghost changes course, you change with Him and you move fast in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, I feel God talking to somebody here this morning. You better get ready, 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 ready in Jesus' name for what God's going to do in your life. What you've seen is nothing compared to what He's going to do if you will remain faithful. And it means to be brought about in a short time. When God enters the equation, things will happen dramatically, abruptly, suddenly, in a short space of time, and it's going to affect everything in your life for the positive. 
It's going to happen sudden. What is dead will be revived. Listen, listen, we've all gone through disappointments, but get that disappointment out of you and get the promise back on your wall. You've lost a baby, go get the baby room ready and go write the name of that baby on that wall in Jesus' name. Come on, you've been trusting God for it, uh, things to change in your life. Go write the blessing of God on your wall so you can see it. Change the vision, change the picture, change the image in the name of Jesus. Come on. The Bible says there will be sorrow and sighing no more. You cannot, weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Come on. You have to put a new vision, a new dream, a new future on your world to see what God has promised you in Jesus' name. Like the speckled and the spotted, right? So what is barren will produce fruit. Stop speaking death where there is death and begin to speak life. What is lost will be found. What is called lukewarm will be set on fire. I declare it. Hey, January, February, there's going to be a move of God. And I'm not going to start fires right now because you are all planning to go on holiday. But come January, February, I'm going to set you on fire by the power of the Holy Ghost as a revivalist. And there's going to be a move of God in you and through you and you are gonna see things change dramatically. You better get ready, get your heart ready and pray a lot in this December. That lost husband is gonna get saved. That lost uh, 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 president of that company is gonna get saved, amen. (laughs) God's gonna call them back. God's not dead. He never sleeps, no slumbers. God's wide awake. When we pray, God's moving. Nothing stops God from walking into anybody's bedroom where they are king of the world and God shakes them, an angel appears to them and suddenly all the hate that comes out of their mouths change. Because if they don't change, God will remove them. You don't have to remove them. God will remove them. Hear me carefully. Watch the next two years. Political leaders, political change. Watch. Those who have set themselves up as gods will be no more. What is broken will be fixed. Everything broken is going to be fixed. Your toenail. Amen. (laughs) What is weak will become strong. Next year, I'm going to be stronger than ever. Amen. Hallelujah. What is bound will be loosed. What is shut will be opened. Things are going to change suddenly and dramatically and abruptly in your life for the better by the power of the Holy Ghost as and when you seek Him. Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, But by my spirit, says the Lord. Why does God say that? So no man gets the glory. Learn one thing, businessman. Rugby player, soccer player, cricket player, netball player, whatever player you are, except player of women and men. When, why is it difficult for people to keep God at the center when God blesses them? Why? When you see the Bible in the Old Testament and New Testament, God asks for one thing only. 
and that He's loved me more than anything else. And that means He has preeminence. That means He comes first. That means Sunday, which is the first day of the week, you are in the house of God. That means you make the effort to get yourself into the presence of God. God first, not God in the middle, not God at the end, God first. You put God at the top of everything. You give God the honour. When God gives you a business deal, you take the profits and 10% of that you bring to the house of God and you worship God. You recognise that everything you have comes from God and from God alone. And you give God the glory and the higher God takes you, the louder you become. The more you give God the glory and the more you give God the glory, the higher God is going to take you and the more is God is going to bless you. But God says, but if thou shalt forget the Lord thy God, then I say to you this day, God says exactly what's going to happen. We've built a million baby rooms here. And I honor all these young parents with babies because Narette and I did exactly the same. Three in three and a half years. Okay, go for that record. Let's see. And she used to do the praise and worship, then run back and run the children's church in Lady Brand. Fact. With three little babies. Snot near, sir. Nothing stopped us from serving God. You know, I woke up this morning. I didn't know what time of the week it was. I'm serious. I thought, what is it? No, Monday? Is it Saturday? Then I remembered, oh my word, it's Sunday. Then I thought, I just feel like lying in. Then I thought, you can't. You're the pastor. Oh no, there's two Bibles, one for the pastor and one for the other Christian. I forgot. I love you. I'm not being hard on you. I care about you and I want God's very best for you. And it's not going to come our way. It's going to come His way. Love Him, draw close to Him and give Him all that you have and watch what He will do. God bless you. Come on, give them a big hand clap as they go. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's worship Him. Let's just worship Him. Come on all over our churches, Cape Town, the thousands there in Bloemfontein, North and South, in Vintuk, in all the other churches with us. Let's just worship God this morning and thank Him. Thank Him. Acknowledge Him and praise Him for all the good that God has done in your life. For all that you've done. We say thank you. Lift your hands this morning for all that you've done. We say thank you. Through all the toils and the trials and the tears, you have kept us and you've carried us. And we say thank you. We say thank you. And Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise and all the adoration. Sometimes the deepest praise is in your worst pain. Your greatest sacrifice is when you feel like giving up and you still choose to say, God, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. You loved us first, Father. How can we not love you back? We love you with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. We love you. And we turn our eyes to you, and we turn our hearts to you, and we set our minds upon you. And we ask, Father, forgive us where we have not kept you at the center, 
But as we stand in your presence this morning, we realign ourselves with you. We look unto you and we see you high and lifted up. And we enthrone you and we thank you for all that you have done. How you've kept us, how your grace has been there, how you've carried us through so many things. Help us never to forget. But always, Jesus, to keep you at the center and to give you the worship and the praise for you alone are worthy, 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 worthy. The very things you've gone through that you don't understand now, one day you will worship Him. And those scars will be there, but you will see the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. And your life will be a testimony of His glory because you choose, no matter what life throws your way, how hard you get knocked to the ground, you choose to always look up and to give Him the worship and the adoration. Come on, as every head is bowed and every eye closed in this building, there's an amazing presence in this building. And many of you are standing in this place today and you didn't even come thinking that you are seeking God. But in the moment as our pastor was preaching, it was like you were walking into the presence of God. And for the first time, it felt to you in a whole different way that you've ever experienced in your life. Because God is here to meet you this morning. That everything that we are doing today is because of this one moment. That God is speaking to so many. So many of you have been running away from God. In your heart, you've actually grown cold. But this morning as you were running away, you found mercy and grace again and you experienced it in a way as our pastor spoke this morning. Because the presence of God is ministering to hearts all over this place. As every head is bowed and every eye closed and believers praying in this place. There's many of you standing here. And if you had to be honest, if something had to happen to you, you would not be sure if you would open your eyes and spend eternity with Jesus Christ. There's many of you that used to serve Him. But as Pastor was speaking about this morning, about you seeking Him, you actually realize that you haven't been seeking Him. That maybe excuses and things have taken you away. Things that has happened in your life. But this morning, God is calling you back. As every head bow and every eye close. If that is you, quietly in a moment, I'm gonna ask you just to lift your hand so that we can pray for you. There's uneasiness that you're experiencing currently. There's many of you, I can feel it, that need to respond and say, God, here I am. I'm coming back. You weren't the center of my life, but today I choose willingly to make you the center again, to choose you as my Lord and my Savior. If that is you quietly, wherever you are now, just slip up your hand now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the hands there on the flank, hands on the balcony. Come on, if that is you, just lift it up. There's a presence all over this building. Come on, lift it up high. Come on, his hands being lifted all over the balcony. Here at the bottom. Come on, we're not asking you, do you belong to a church? But we're asking you, do you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ? To move into the supernatural acceleration, you need to seek Him. You need to have a relationship with Him. You need to know Him. 
And this morning, we want to give you that opportunity. So last time before, we're going to finish. If that is you, quietly just lift up your hand now and say, please pray for me. As hands are being lifted all over. Family, we just want to say to every one of you that are standing in the front of the altars, that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And I want to say this to you for the fact of you walking down here today, that your life will never be the same again if you allow Him to be part of your life. But today we're going to make that prayer and we're going to ask Him to come into our hearts and we're going to accept the love that He has for us and the forgiveness that He has. But it's still our choice how we would walk afterwards. And we want to encourage you. As a church, every single one of the people that are here, they love God just as much. And they know that your life is never going to be the same again. But if you allow us to be part of it, we will walk with you. We will guide you and help you. Because there's many questions maybe that you have. There's many things that you are going currently through. There's so many hurt maybe in your life. But God wants to come and He wants to come and heal you and change your life forever. So if you can be so kind in the front, just to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. I want you to focus on God and you're going to make a prayer as we're going to lead you. And you're going to pray to God and you're going to ask Him. Just pray after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you can be my Lord and my Savior. I choose today to walk in what you have for me. I thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy to live this life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.